Welcome to the Let's Talk About Parenting podcast with me, Laura, and my lovely mum, Ruth. Hi, everyone. Together, we'll be discussing all things parenting, from education to mental health and everything in between. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Let's Talk About Parenting podcast. I'm Laura Curtis, the founder of Questa Kids, an online game for children to learn about different cultures and geographies of the world. And I'm here with my mum, Dr. Ruth Talbot. Hi, everybody. She's a child psychiatrist. And together we do the Let's Talk About Parenting podcast, where we talk about education, uh, mental health, everything in between to do with kids. And today we are talking about bullying, which I think is going to be a really interesting episode. We actually did like a sort of a a, a rehearsal for this where we sat in the park for like two hours on the phone <laughs> talking about all the bullies that we knew <laughs> yeah stories we could include and we realized we'd need about four or five hours of podcast exactly, to get through to exactly but we did i did think afterwards should we just have recorded this phone call and then it would have just been a lot easier than having to like do it in the studio but anyway so we've got a lot of stories um and we're all we're going to talk about what to do if your kid is being bullied, but also what to do if your kid is the bully, which is something that lots of people uh, don't like to talk about and or think about. But first of all, we're going to talk about um, a famous woman, as we always do, because Quest of Kids is all about teaching children stories of the world through the experiences of women. And I thought we could talk today about a contentious lady, uh, Isabella of Castile. Yes. From the Spain Country Quest. This one is a little, I have a little be in my bonnet about this because we applied for funding recently and mentioned in it that one of the female characters that children meet is Isabel of Castile and the feedback that we got from the application which failed <laughs> which failed <laughs> went off on this massive rant about how Isabel of Castile is absolutely inappropriate to talk to kids about because she's a genocidal maniac and an anti-Semitic and Islamophobic, which is all true, um, but that we couldn't teach children about her because it would damage them irreparably or something. Yes, and I think in, in fairness to the person who made this comment, we didn't explain, and perhaps we should have done. I think we did. Well, I think we did too, but 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 maybe giving them the benefit of the doubt, they they perhaps might have thought that Isabella of Castile was being included in the quest as some sort of hero, whereas actually it was part of our commitment to being honest and telling difficult histories as well as the yes. glowy stuff. So let's talk a little bit about Isabella the First of Castile. Yes, let's. Um, she was the first queen of Spain, um, which was in the Middle Ages, and it was during the period in which Spain was kind of transitioning from being controlled by b being a, a caliphate, basically, being a kind of Islamic centre of learning and culture. She came to power towards the end of the Reconquista, which is basically when Christian forces swept down from the north and took Spain for themselves, basically, and pushed the Islamic or the Moors, as they were called then, towards Morocco. But they also expelled the, Jew, the Jews. Well, so she and... also, <laughs> she was also around for a lot of other kind of pivotal moments in Spanish history, shall we say, which is that she forced most of the Jews to leave Spain. She uh, expelled them. Also many Muslims. She was a, I don't know if founder is the right word. But, Supporter. Uh, yeah, exactly, of um, 
the Inquisition. The Spanish Inquisition. Which, which nobody expected. Of, no, nobody <laughs> expected. Uh, well, she probably did. Which involved a lot of torture um, and a lot of problems and a lot of forced conversions as well. So she caused a lot of pain to people. She also was Queen of Spain at the time that which Columbus discovered, encountered, began the colonisation and genocide of the Americas. And that's an interesting one because she actually ended up arresting Columbus for his poor treatment of native peoples. But there are some people who say that she actually only did that because he was getting a bit too powerful and big for his boots. So I don't think that we can class her as, by modern standards, a good person. But that doesn't necessarily mean that she was a totally bad person. I mean, she, I mean, she did some pretty rough things. She did but... some pretty horrendous things. But it was all that it fits into a broader narrative exactly, about Spain. Exactly. Um, and I think Spain, particularly if you are not a Christian, was not a very nice place during the Middle Ages. Yeah. And, you know, I think the reason that she's that we wanted to include her is because she is a woman. She was powerful. But, you know, it's not as simple as as being female or being powerful or not being powerful equals good. It's actually a very complex picture. And I think that. That's one of the things that I'm proudest of with Questa Kids is that we embrace the complexity and the ambiguities around all of this yeah. rather than just avoiding it, which I think is what this funding commentator was suggesting we should do. And that's just not the point. Yeah. If men can be bad, which they are, many of them are. Yes, not all of them. <laughs> They're all good them. guys. Um, uh, then women can be too. And, yeah. and part of part of reintegrating women and female perspectives into our history is about accepting that women have done incredibly problematic things as well yeah and been involved in very problematic uh movements and and they did so willingly yeah as far as we know as far as we know yeah how can we ever know yeah um yeah. all right um okay. now well, that i've got that got that b out of my yes we well, um, hope you're listening mr <laughs> funding man that wasn't kind or ms funding woman or ms funding woman yes why um, do i assume it was a man i must stop <laughs> yeah and if you want to change your mind and give us the funding again just call us yeah just give us a ring we'll, we'll be back. perfectly happy um uh, it's a right great idea <laughs> <laughs> um, let's let's get on with uh talking about bullying all right, let's get on and talk about uh, bullying. So I think before we start, it's probably a good idea to um, to talk about what bullying is because it takes lots of different shapes, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's, I mean, there's name calling, there's threats, making threats. There's, you know, actually being violent or aggressive. Yeah. Um, spreading rumours is another one or like undermining people. Yeah. Humiliating them. Yeah excluding them yes yeah cold shouldering them yeah um and pressuring them so like versions yeah. of peer pressure as well is also like a form of bullying yeah and i think that i think the thing about bullying is that it can be really one of the really nasty things about it is that it can be really targeted yeah so it can be the person who's being bullied somehow it's whatever is the most painful difficult sort of intimidating for them yeah i suspect that how it works with bullies is they keep working to find what's the angle that's going to be most painful and then when they yeah. find it yeah um drill down on it and it's also part of i would say for our definition it's part of persistent behavior it's not just like a one-off somebody pushed you in the playground yeah it's like a it's something that's kind of regular in order for it to be bullying yeah and and i think one of the most difficult things about bullying is that it's an experience so you know you can somebody can say i am being bullied and the person who is responsible for whatever that behavior is 
doesn't necessarily mean to bully them. Yeah. But it can feel as if they're being bullied. And that negotiation between what the intention of the bully, and I'm doing air quotes here, mm. uh, and what the experience of the person who feels bully is, is a really complicated negotiation. Yeah, I think it's not, you know, it's really hard sometimes for parents, uh, for everyone, to see a kid who feels like they're being bullied and and to not take their side and you should always take their side but it's also it's a mediation of the experience between the person who's doing the bullying and the person who feels like they're being bullied yeah and there's a there's a you know there's a negotiation between those two points of views yeah that has to be made i yeah. think i think it's also worthwhile talking a little bit about like we we were talking the other day <laughs> about somebody that i went to primary school with who was just I'm not going to say their name but who was just loud and obnoxious and like bullish and yeah. I don't think he ever intended to bully people but he was just rough with people and he was intimidating yes and he was intimidating um but if you said if you had said to him you're a bully he would not have understood because to him and then like you said later on you met his mother yeah, who was loud and intimidating <laughs> and did exactly the same thing so you think okay this kid's just interacting in the world normally according to him and his family um and so and the rest of the world is just too <laughs> delicate to be exactly. able to survive exactly it's his world and we're all living in it and we've all got to toughen up exactly so that's a difficult like it's yeah. a difficult yeah, thing yeah, to kind yeah. of negotiate but so in this episode we're going to talk about um how to spot bullying um how to deal with it at home at school and online because that's a kind of a, a relatively new one yeah, yeah. Um, and what to do also if your kid is the bully which I think is something that doesn't get talked about that much yeah or is said to be the bully is said to be the bully yes that's true um, and then also I we're going to bring in a little bit at the end about how to teach your kids to stand up to bullies because that's another component part is like there's the bullier the bullied but then there's also the witnesses the witnesses exactly exactly who could make a really big difference yeah and who see themselves perhaps as just innocent bystanders but actually they are part of what allows it to happen exactly exactly um so let's start off with like what are some signs that kids are being bullied well of course how a child sort of signals to the world and of course they're not necessarily intending to signal to the world but how you spot it really depends on on an individual child so you know a shy slightly withdrawn child might become more anxious more withdrawn more s sort of subdued really mm -hmm. whereas actually a you know an already sort of over lively child might might actually become even more volatile mm. so i think the most important thing is a change yeah um but 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 you know the sort of typical thing would be a child who suddenly withdraws from the world doesn't want to interact um feels less confident mm -hmm. um is sort of triggered into tears at the slightest thing and and sort of surprises everybody by being a bit over over emotional over emotional exactly more emotional than is than is usual and and but the but the emotion is really genuine they can be really upset they can be really panicked they can be very anxious um and and of course along with that children quite often will start avoiding situations in which they feel exposed so they might stop going to school they might stop interacting with their friends um 
you know, you might find that things that they would previously have confidently gone off and done, they will just withdraw from and say that actually they're not interested, yeah. they don't want to go to the park or they don't want to go to their dance class or whatever it is. Um, and they'll have an explanation, but you sort of sense that that's not quite what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, I think the other thing is that you you can have sort of unexpected outbursts, so unexpected angry moments and you sort of think what set that off what mm. um you know what made made it made that happen yeah um and and sort of genuinely puzzling um you may also find that friendships change uh friendships suddenly end uh or you know your child seems to have no friends mm -hmm. or sometimes a single friend who they they are overly dependent on mm -hmm. um and they may be changes in their behaviour. They may start um, dressing differently. They may start wanting to do things that previously they didn't want to do that you're really not sure about. And you sort of sense, well, that's not really what I think they want to do. Yeah. And, and that's maybe, the sort of peer pressure element. Yes. And maybe, of course, it is. But maybe it's something that they're feeling pressurised into. Yeah. Um, I mean, as it's worst, you, you see children who actually start to harm themselves. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty extreme. And, and that's really just a, a general marker of being unhappy. Yeah. Rather than anything that's specific to bullying. I mean, the other thing, which is which is difficult is that you you occasionally see children whose response to them being bullied themselves is to actually be mean to others yeah. to you know sort of pick holes in them or, and i can imagine that that also sometimes gets expressed to siblings as well yes you know like a younger sibling you start yeah. being mean to a younger sibling when you hadn't been and some of that could just be normal sibling interaction yeah it's normal to yeah. be mean to your brothers yeah. it, well <laughs> if I, you know that i do know that and if brothers are irritating they just jolly well deserve Absolutely. it <laughs> but i think i think the key here is it's about a change and particularly if it feels as if it's not a positive change for the child for those around them for their family or for the people who were previously their friends and that's that's what should make you think about it but it doesn't mean you necessarily absolutely understand what's going on yeah okay so if you say you know that your kid or you suspect that your kid is being bullied um what 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 are the next steps what should you do well it seems to me that you need to try to get into a situation where there can be a conversation. But with, you know, we've we've talked about this before that somehow sometimes an effective conversation with a child is not tell me about this or taking tackling it face on, but actually just creating a little bit of space mm. and saying something open ended like, you know, I wonder if there's anything worrying you. And just leave a space. Yeah. And that can be where those side-by-side -side activities like driving, doing a puzzle together, doing washing up together, if they don't, you don't feel like they've been punished enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but hey. something where they're not looking at each, where you're not looking at each other directly. Yeah. Because I think a lot of kids feel shame. They understand very instinctively that like being bullied is something that's embarrassing and that that they don't want to tell you necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And And sometimes that is is actually an explicit element of the bullying. Yeah. If you tell anybody, this I will, will happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, or it will demonstrate this about you. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think when you 
create this sort of scene for those conversations. And I mean, we know we do it all the time, don't we? With when when you have children around, you're always sort of listening and and sort of just wondering what's going on because part of growing up as a child is beginning to have your own life that you don't share every aspect of with with your parents. Mm-hmm. And and so as a parent, you you don't quite know what's going on, and you're always sort of, you know, you're listening with another ear, um, but uh, don't expect it all to come come flooding out straight away because yeah. that isn't what happens. It's about the regular conversations. Yeah. The other thing that I would say is like if you if you establish that your child is being bullied, so let's move on. Say your child yeah. has talked to you; they are being bullied. Um, you know, you want to be. I would say you keep a log of of what those interactions are especially if it's like serious and consistent it's happening with older kids i would like just keep a diary because if you do need to escalate the behavior it's good to have a record of it and to have exactly what your child said happened written down with dates exactly with dates yeah um, and it also helps you to monitor changes as well because it's such an emotional thing you can you can think to yourself oh this has been happening for years when actually you look back and actually it's only been three months or it's, but or you can observe an escalation in how things are happening yeah or it can become just part of the fabric of what is happening in your child's life yeah. so that you perhaps lose sight of hey this has been going on for six months now and it's just really not okay yeah it's not just Um, a one-off yeah 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 um i mean for your kid bolstering their self-esteem getting them to feel like they're not terrible or or wrong or pathetic yeah exactly um spending time with people who do value them yes of which there will be plenty exactly exactly and that's sometimes they need reminding about that yeah um because it feels all encompassing it feels all encompassing and it also i think it you know i think it feels lonely i think i think when you're being bullied it feels like this is your problem and only you can solve it and you fail to solve it so that makes you pathetic and and that's that's what bullies are intending to do they're often intending to isolate you and make it so that it's because that's the thing about bullying is it's not just about the individual and we'll talk about this a bit later it's also about the environment that it's a warning to everybody else to say hang on don't step in and help this person because otherwise i'm going to make your life miserable yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So you, want, that's you, very you want to be part of this <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, you can join in too and, and yeah exactly yeah um so it's deliberately isolating that's that's the whole point of it um and then obviously you need to be talking to schools or organizations where your kids are spending time but we'll talk about that in a second yeah 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 yeah, yeah. um i would say something that i've heard about people doing is like is helping kids to actually think through what they should say to a bully and how they should respond to a bully because one of the things that i notice when i'm doing the the work for quest to kids is talking in abstraction doesn't really work for kids if you just say stand up to a bully yeah a, a yeah. kid might say oh yeah yeah okay but they don't actually know what that means whereas you can model almost even practice like what will you do if somebody says yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you're horrible and your mum hates you yeah um and one of the things that i've heard somebody i was watching a video on tiktok the other day and somebody was saying what they teach their kid to say is okay okay so everybody says your mum hates you, you go okay okay and if necessary you repeat it back to them, okay you think my mum hates me and that like, you just don't give anything yeah yeah, 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 um, yeah. And that takes work. Kids can't do that instinctively and they can't come back with snappy retorts yeah. instinctively. And, and actually, as as adults, if somebody is behaving inappropriately, we actually have enough experience of the world that we've already got a little repertoire of things yeah. like that. Thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah. You know, I'm really interested in your opinion. Yeah. 
you unpleasant person who just said something really <laughs> nasty to me and I'm going to stick pins in you now. But <clears throat> kids don't have that repertoire yet. Yeah. Yeah, and, so they need to develop it. Yeah, and you know, one I one of your brothers got uh experience or had the experience of being bullied um because he has red hair and and one of his friends kept calling him ginger, which I gather, I mean, I didn't know this, but I gather it's very it's a, 90s. Is it a very, <laughs> very 90s, 90s thing, darling? Yeah. Thank you. Well, <laughs> that places him. Um, but um, what I said to him was to say, yes, well done. You've observed that I have red hair. Yeah. You know, just what is the problem? Because there is nothing wrong with having red hair. Yeah. Um, in fact, it was rather splendid red hair, still is. But But the point is that it takes the sting out of what the what the bully's saying yeah and sometimes also if you rehearse rehearse things and may especially if it especially if it's physical things like you're really short or you have red hair or Or you wear glasses yeah when kids can hear the worst things in uh in a safe environment it ends up taking the sting away a lot of the time you know it's sort of like us if if you say okay what's the worst case scenario that you're worried about and you say that we'll all die and somebody goes but that's not very likely is it and you go oh no it isn't that likely actually (laughs) (laughs) it it can sort of help to speak the fear aloud um in a safe place because it's not it's not the words that are scary it's the intention behind the words and and actually sometimes the words are ridiculous yeah um and i can remember having having a conversation with your brother in response to this child saying commenting on his red hair as if it was a bad thing and he said should I say you know should I reply by saying but you wet the bed and I which this child did and I said no please don't do that because there is nothing wrong with having red hair but lots of kids would be really ashamed if other children knew that they wet the bed you happen to know because this kid's you know, stay, stayed over on sleepovers. Um, but you can never take that back. So, yeah. so don't and, say And it. also being nasty in response to somebody being nasty to you, yeah. even as an adult, although it's satisfying, it's yeah. not actually that helpful. No. And he, he was hurt and angry about this, what this, what this boy was saying, but he at the same time didn't want to humiliate his friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. The reason he knew these things about his friend was because it was a friend yeah. who he trusted. Um, I think it's also worthwhile explaining to kids where bullying behavior comes from you know bullies aren't happy people they are usually sad or angry people and that if you can help kids to recognize the emotion or the reason why a bully is doing something instead of just the feeling that it gives to them yeah that's also something that's helpful later in life yeah yeah Um, well there's, there's also that um you know that thing that um I can't remember who who I first heard it from, but they they were describing a situation in which there was somebody who seemed very powerful and, uh, you know, very scary. And they said, well, imagine them sitting there naked. Yeah. Um, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's talk quickly about how to deal with schools, because a lot of the time bullying does take place in schools uh, or with school children. Um, And it's something that oftentimes parents will have to step in and have conversations with schools, have conversations with teachers. Um, So it's worthwhile talking about. First of all, um, every school should have an anti-bullying policy. It's a legal requirement for state schools um, and almost all other schools will have one anyway. Um, So if you think that your kid's being bullied and you want to sort of talk to teachers and heads about it, you can request a copy of the anti-bullying policy and see what it is. 
it should also um, address bullying incidents outside school as well. I think most of them do in your experience. Certainly all the ones I've ever, ever read do. And they, you know, it's a, it's a difficult, there's a difficult boundary there. But I think that, um, I think the idea is that the, the relationship between the two children is usually one that, you know, at least spends that most of the time of yeah. that relationship is spent in school so even if the unacceptable behavior takes place outside school it still concerns a relationship that the school have some responsibility for yeah so i would say know the anti-bullying policy um ask to meet with the teacher go higher if necessary if the teacher is not taking it seriously enough um and i would also say make sure if especially if you're worried about it and it doesn't stop immediately make sure the teachers also including other teachers because the more eyes that are on kids the better um you know the playground is like a big one and it's not always the teacher that's going to be observing kids in the playground yeah although having said that my experience of um of teachers is that that most almost all teachers i've come across take bullying really really seriously yeah, yeah me too um yeah and and that being said do be there are really common excuses that some teachers use not most of them because most of them do take bullying really really seriously now but things like it happens to everybody um is is not like that's not good enough um but at the same time don't as a parent it's really difficult to not go into full-on defensive mode of like this person insulted my kid i'm going to burn this school to the ground (laughs) (laughs) and all who sail in her exactly exactly but it's just it's it it, it, that's not the way that this is going to be fixed it's going to be that mediation between the kid who's doing being the bully and the kid who's being bullied and if a parent charges in and and kills everybody with a sword then that's not going to be achieved yeah so it's it's really hard as a parent if your child is being hurt um you of course you defend them of course you want to protect them and of course you're going to be furious both with the child who's being hurtful but but also with the adults who you recognize to be responsible and i had a i had a very interesting experience there was a one of your brothers um had a group of friends and he kept saying my you, you know your your brother kept saying that he was being bullied by two particular boys and i i did talk to the school but i also because you know these were part of his friendship group i spoke to each of the mothers quietly and said you know johnny is you know worrying has has anything has your child said anything you know is are they having any problems recognizing that it might be might be something that was both of them Mm. you know it might be that both kids would see that would feel that maybe they'd been bullied too yeah and also it was like it was just like they'd had a disagreement and maybe that's being called bullying and that and that's also something that i think we're going to discuss in a future podcast about lying the l word (laughs) but sometimes kids can misrepresent what's happening you had that with my other brother where there was a teacher who (laughs) he came home and told a story and i remember you becoming totally furious and writing a the equivalent of burning down the school email to this teacher about her behavior and then both i dad and i said hang on do you think you should check first (laughs) (laughs) 
and you did and it turned out that he wasn't really being 100 honest about what had happened no. and actually this email was pretty inappropriate given yes. the circumstances and it, unfortunately i hadn't sent it yes exactly the two of you managed to stop me but just going back to this incident with these with these two um friends the mother of one of them said oh you know do you think there's bullying going on and i said i i don't know that's what the word that's being used but it's hard for me to 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 judge what do you think and we agreed the two of us that we would be mindful talk to the kids about it but the other parent just went completely off at the deep end and said how dare you accuse my child of 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 being a bully that's completely outrageous and wouldn't listen wouldn't even begin to have a conversation um and was completely impossible yeah completely impossible her child was actually a bully sorry (laughs) (laughs) old scores have to be settled (laughs) well and as always with all this parenting stuff i think it can often bring up stuff about your own personal experiences if you were bullied if you were a bully, like that can be, you can bring a lot of that stuff to your kids and your kids' relationships. So as always, like, yeah. And the, and the great, your own yeah, the great thing, word. the great thing about um, triangulating this through a teacher is that the teacher cares about all the kids involved. Yeah. Not, not just your kid, but actually the kids who are, in your eyes, bullying. Yeah. Um, and, and is more likely to be able to take a balanced view and, yeah. and give you a sort of neutral report of what is actually happening. Yeah. It's um, hard. It's hard to balance yeah. it all out. Though. I read, I read, um, I was reading a bit a thing on a website from a group called Ditch the Label, which is an anti-bullying charity, which you sent me. Mm. Um, and one of the things that they said is that sometimes in schools, mediation is suggested between the kid who feels like they're being bullied and the, the person that they feel like is bullying them. And I know lots of parents have a response of like, I'm not going to let my child, you know, do this. I'm not going to make my child be in that situation. But what they were talking about on the on the Web page was basically sometimes it can be really helpful. Sometimes it can be really helpful to isolate the bullier from a crowd and make sure they actually have a conversation where both of them together can help to sort their problems out themselves without, with with an adult mediator there, with a teacher there, mm. but without parents charging in and taking over for everything. So if that is suggested, if mediation is suggested in school, provided that the teachers are being responsible, it can be a positive thing. Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. And, and actually, of course, it's part of that difficult transition isn't it between being a child and dependent on your parents and other adults to look out for you and working out how to be an adult where you solve your own problems because you are going to meet you know unpleasant people who say unfair unkind things and some of them will be your boss and um you've got to have a way of Going with the flow, putting up with it to some extent, but also, I'm afraid, knowing when enough is enough and and calling it. Yeah. Okay, let's talk a little bit about online bullying. Um, I would also, I would recommend you to go back and listen to our previous episode about online safety because a lot of this stuff crosses over with that. Um, But, I mean, the first one is, like, parents need to be constantly monitoring and checking in with laptops, desktops, smartphones, social media, anything that your kid is on. Again, like I'm very hesitant about kids and social media. You again see the other episode for my opinions. <laughs> but if your kid is on social media, you need to have those passwords. You need to be every now and then checking in because a lot that's 
the internet can be like a hidden space where there isn't a monitor. There's not a teacher monitoring. You are not monitoring. So you, you need to be checking in with what's going on in that space. And I think something that I'm really keen about, though, is that you need to tell your child that you're doing yeah. that. It does. It shouldn't be covert. And we talked about that in the episode yeah, as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, but it's just such a it's such an important boundary. Yeah, absolutely. But that's what you need to they need to know that a condition of them having technology yeah. is that they still live in your house and it's your property and yeah. part of that is checking in which is about keeping them safe yeah um and of course those rules have to be renegotiated as they become teenagers and as they yeah, get older yeah, yeah. but if yeah. we're talking about younger kids uh you can include the school if if necessary if there's online bullying going on which happens really really regularly again all good anti-bullying policies will have something about online bullying yep um don't res- tell your kids, but also for yourself, don't respond. It can be really tempting to like give that little 13 year old S word what for, but don't do it <laughs> because it'll make it worse. It will make it worse. Screenshot, keep uh, and keep records of of kind of aggressive texts, bullying texts. If necessary, report them to moderators. A lot of time on social media, you can do that, although it's definitely not a be all and end all. Um, and keep reporting those things. Um, keep the evidence and um, it is parents responsibility to teach their kids and to also be aware of themselves privacy settings how to block people that kind of thing and just do it just block people all the time don't yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. don't yeah. get caught up in it technology also comes with s- some safeguards that we can use to be able to protect ourselves in our online life so use them and leave platforms if necessary like if your kid doesn't get to be on instagram they will be fine. <laughs> well, and teach your, teach your child the power of just walking away and saying, yeah. I'm not engaging with this. And actually, online bullying is one of the situations where you can walk away. Yeah, You absolutely. can just say, I'm not participating in this anymore. I'm yeah. putting the phone down and I'm going to go watch Netflix. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think it's also worthwhile because we're going to move towards what happens if your child is the bully. Um, but it's worthwhile understanding why kids bully other kids yeah it's when i was thinking about this podcast and preparing for it i i realized that we we have to touch on this because you know there will be there will be parents who come to the point of thinking that their child is being bullied but there will be other parents who have to face the at least the 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 assertion that their child is a bully And how difficult that is. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the mother that I tried to talk to who responded angrily, she was completely impossible to deal with. And I think being quite unreasonable because I wasn't accusing her. But I do sort of get it. And well, and this is the other thing is that often kids don't recognize their own behavior as bullying. You know, they might know that they're not being kind to somebody, but they don't necessarily know that they are the bully. No, um, no, no. It's no. it's it's. it's a spectrum of behaviours yeah. um, that's about being mean to people, whether they realise that they're being mean to somebody, because some kids don't. Some kids, again, like that kid at my primary school. <laughs> oh, I said the name. <laughs> it was just He's bullish. He's grown up into a charming, resourceful... Yeah, or a terror. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or a thug. <laughs> um, but... Um, yeah, they don't they don't necessarily know the difference between being bullish and actually like being really mean to people. Yeah. 
but yeah. often it's a learned behavior so somebody was or is mean to them whether it's an older sibling whether it's a parent whether it's another kid another relative um they they have learned to be mean and i think not only learn to be mean, but also not learn to think about what it feels like to be on the receiving end of yeah. of, of what they're what they're saying and doing. Well, and funny, they probably have that experience. They probably know what. Yes, it feels but they like. don't. I think it's about not connecting it's the connection, connecting it up, and recognizing that when you're being mean, you're doing that to somebody else, yeah. despite the fact, or in, you know, in the face of the fact that you know how horrible it can be. Yeah. Um, and and I think there's a you know. Bullies do actually need sympathy and understanding and clarity, you know, clarity about what is and isn't okay um, and why. Yeah. Yeah. Because Um, if your if your parent tells you you're stupid regularly, there's a bit of you that just thinks that that's normal behavior. Yeah. Yeah, and knows how much it hurts, and just wants to lash out and hurt other yeah. other other people. Absolutely, and and kids can be very jealous of of, of others who seem to live trouble free lives, mm-hmm. and that's that's their only transgression is that they're not desperately unhappy. Yeah, um, you know, and sometimes the the nature of the bullying can reflect attitudes and prejudices and um, and and ways of making sense of the world that have been learnt at home yep. that then just get thrown out yeah um you know so so abuse can can be or the bullying can be you know take the form of saying homophobic things or racist Racist things things. um you you know reinforcing gender stereotypes Mm -hmm. you know all of these things will be from attitudes that perhaps in that child's family are not viewed in in with quite the same horror as they as they are in, in and that's yours. when i think it's also important for a teacher to step in in that situation as well to say that sort of language is not acceptable yeah. i don't care what you do in your own family in this place yeah. you don't do that you, here. you respect other people's um, yeah. yeah yeah and and but then again linked to that um and sort of counter to what we've been saying a little bit try not to go into it making assumptions about the parents yeah because it's just not helpful it may be true that the parents are homophobic or racist or that the parents bully their kids but it might not be yeah 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 Um, yeah yeah and it doesn't help if you already go in with this idea set in your mind that these parents are absolute hellacious nightmares well i mean if you if you ever want people to change going in in a cross self-righteous frame of mind is generally speaking not very effective yeah um Okay, so what happens if you your child has been accused of being a bully or you even have confirmation that they are a bully, which sometimes <laughs> happens? Well, it's a bit like the stuff we said before. I mean, you start with trying to listen, mm. trying to create space, trying to understand um, what's going on. And, you know, if, if your child is someone who has, you know, is, is, has been accused by others of being a bully – it's really hard because in order for you to listen, you've first of all got to be able to entertain the possibility that it's true. Yeah. Um, and it's very difficult. And I think that's what I realized when I started trying to think about what would it be like to be a parent of someone who had been told or accused of, 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 of being a bully. Um, and okay. also I think kids, we don't fully appreciate how kids can have very different personalities in school or with their friends compared to at home so yes. we think of our kid as this adorable cute creature who always does nice things and is always nice but that they might be a very very different person in school and you don't know 
So you also, you have to, you know, you don't want to throw your kid totally under the bus, but you also need to listen when a teacher or another parent or another kid is saying, hang on, they did this thing to me and it really upset me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I think, I think in terms of, you know, listen, see if you can understand what is, is going on with your child. I mean, my experience of working with bullies is that generally speaking, part of the whole uh, dynamic of the situation is not opening things up to the scrutiny of others. Mm. It's it's about isolating um, somebody and being unkind to them and not letting other people know. So it's very hard sometimes for the child who has been engaging in bullying behaviour to talk about what's happening, what it means, because generally speaking, you people bully when they feel vulnerable. Yeah, and opening up and explaining and talking about things that perhaps you're ashamed of or you feel you ought to be ashamed of is going to make you feel very vulnerable. Yeah. And so this is a, this is a situation that the child who has been engaging in bullying behaviour will dread because yeah. it, it exposes them, it humiliates them, it makes them feel powerless. And, and you don't want to deliberately impose that on people, but at the same time you need to make it possible to have a conversation about the impact that their behaviour has on other people and how they're going to think about changing it. Yeah. And um, I would say, I mean, both for kids who are experiencing bullying and kids who are, you know, potentially being bullies, I would also say, if you can if you can get them into therapy and you think it's going to work, do it. Yeah. We, you know, we, we're further along the path of destigmatizing therapy for adults but i'm not sure we're as far with having therapy for kids because yeah. people feel like you only send a kid to a therapist if it's really 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 serious whereas actually they can have a couple of sessions and yeah talk to an independent adult that's not you yeah and might get more traction than you're going to and that is the other thing about about schools is that teachers are really skilled at helping kids to negotiate their relationships you know, in all sorts of ways. They they help kids when friendships break down. You know, they hate, help them when somebody in the class is having a really rough time. And, and they can actually help children to learn how to negotiate relationships with other people that don't become coercive or intimidating. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I would say to make sure not to get defensive about if your kid is the bully is, like, I, I think a lot of times parents get, while they're defending their own child's position, they get really hung up on what their child meant. Yes. You know, I d he didn't mean it to upset you that much. He didn't mean to say a homophobic slur. He didn't mean this. And actually, when you're talking about bullying and when you're talking to the, your kid about bullying, it's not actually what their intention was. It's what the other person experienced, what the other person felt that is more important in that moment. And that's something that adults struggle with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I have conversations with people regularly where they say, but I didn't mean to make you feel that way. And I said, well, but you did. So, <laughs> so are you going to apologise or are you not going to apologise? <laughs> and then, so yeah, we've talked about talking to kids. Another thing that I was going to say about talking to kids is when you're explaining what bullying feels like, to a child when you're saying I often find it's not very helpful to say how would you feel if someone said that to you it's more helpful to say how would you feel if somebody said that to your sister yeah. your brother 
your mother, your friend. Because I think we trick ourselves very... I was watching a video the other day where somebody was being challenged about something and and somebody said, how would you feel if um, somebody um, marched down the street shouting things at you? Would you feel like it was a violation of the constitutional rights? And they went, no, it's fine. That's what it means to be an American. (laughs) And you're like, that's not true. That's just not true. (laughs) Whereas if you bring it... And I've had this when I have conversations with my brother as well particularly when we have these sort of exploratory conversations about gender bias, I don't say, how would you feel like if you were a woman and you experienced it? I'd say, how would you feel if somebody did that to me? Somebody did that to your sister, who's somebody that he can externalise and care about and isn't going to be as, as, isn't going to brush off in the same way. as like, well, I wouldn't care if it happened to me. It's fine. I deal with it because I'm tougher than everybody else. Yeah. Um, So what about, we've talked about the bully and we've talked about the bullied But actually, as we touched on right at the very beginning, there is a wider context to to all of this. And certainly what I've seen teachers do really powerfully is talking to whole groups of kids about the situation. So, So perhaps not necessarily isolating one child as the bully and another child or, you know, or one child as the as 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 the bullied, but but actually imagining in a more general sense, what does it feel like if somebody's mean to you? What what does it mean if you see somebody being mean to somebody else? Yeah. You know, what happens if you said something mean and and you know, now you're perhaps thinking that's that's wasn't very kind or I'd like to apologize, but I'm not quite sure how to. Or wishing that you'd stood up for somebody when you you know, when you stayed silent and you yeah. wish that you hadn't. Because I yeah. have I, I have that. I, I there are times that I remember when I feel like I should have stood up for somebody. Yeah. And of course it's a really it's a difficult thing to do. It's not something that we as humans are that necessarily comes naturally to us it's easier to go with the flow than to stand up to somebody so it is difficult and if your kid doesn't do it they're learning that's okay yeah 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 but I still think it's we should try our best to defend others and to make it a part of how we interact in the world because it then becomes important later on if you're in public and you hear somebody using a slur towards towards somebody a person of color or using a slur towards somebody who's a member of the lgbtq community or you see somebody pushing over somebody who has a disability that's when we that's when it comes to the fore of how important it is to stand up and defend people even though we're scared and i think we need to start teaching that to kids as well yes yes and of course you know there is the natural instinct to want to avoid potential confrontation I'm afraid even sometimes if it's at the expense of somebody else yeah. getting caught, you know, get, getting caught up in something and you not protecting them. But I think th- what's really powerful is when the whole group together support the bullied person and, you know, and challenge the bully. And sometimes that it not needs to start with one person doing exactly. that. And then other people will join in because as yes. we have discussed, humans are herd creatures. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. The one thing you don't like um, when you're a human being is to be uh, isolated on your herd. own. Exactly. exactly. Which exactly. is how you actually bring the bully back into the exactly. herd. Because it's exactly. too embarrassing for them to keep doing it. So I, I remember I remember going on a, a school trip with, with, with your class group and there was there were three of the boys who were just oh yeah <laughs> who were just sort of 
jostling and you know just being laddish being flooded with testosterone they were flooded with testosterone and they were completely clueless but they were actually bullying the whole of the rest of the group and what was interesting was that the rest of the group decided they were just going to ignore them yeah and to start stand up to them a bit more aggressively actually you didn't see that okay okay yeah probably just as well fighting back okay but but the point was that the entire group signaled to these three lads we're not putting up with this. We're not impressed. We're not, um, you know, and I didn't know about the fighting. <laughs> uh, I was one of the adults on the sidelines. But it, but it was very interesting how when the whole group, you know, universally just cold shouldered these guys, eventually, I mean, for little to start with, it got worse. But eventually, they just realized that they had to, they had to step into line. They yeah. had, They had to you know start behaving reasonably and and I was really proud of the majority of you who managed to achieve that yeah in what I thought was a bloodless fight but maybe it wasn't <laughs> I mean it was bloodless I don't know if it was non-violent but, um, yeah. anyway the message um, was got across yeah and I think I think defending others and standing up for others is something that we need to teach children to be proud of yes. rather than emphasizing that it's scary to do and yeah you know it's something that we should all and also that we also need to model as adults as well we can't just expect kids to do it we also have to step up and do it as adults as well yeah yeah the other thing that i would say again with all these things kids can't deal with abstractions we need to have they need to have specific scripts so things like if somebody says something unkind even if it's to somebody else you say that's not a kind thing to say you check in with the person who who is being treated poorly and double check that they're okay and and that's part of looking after others and being brave with others but but try to give them a script and talk about different scenarios because just saying step in when a bully bully somebody is just it's just it's too, too big yeah um, yeah and it's too it's too vague and actually you you know you might actually be setting that 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 child up to get themselves into a real muddle because yeah. <laughs> because the other thing and you know maybe this is not quite so easy to say but there are going to be nasty people that kids come across as kids and then when they grow up and sometimes you just do have to learn to keep out of their way yes absolutely it's, um, and it's and kids are are learning that process exactly but i do think that we need to be having conversations about it's not just about if you are being bullied it's about if other people are being bullied around you you have responsibilities as well you're yeah. not just yeah. you're not just a neutral party you yeah. have a responsibility and crucially that is true whether you like the kid who's being bullied or not because i think there does get this mob mentality of but they're not very nice. Oh, but they deserve it. That yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. actually, nobody should be being bullied, regardless of whether they're a nice kid or a total pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah, exactly, um, exactly. But none of this is easy. No. This is a negotiation, not. and it's actually part of one of those crucial skills that we have to learn in order to be able to live in society about how to, how to manage power, you know yeah. the power that comes from being bigger or stronger or cleverer or richer or meaner meaner <laughs> whatever but but there is a power differential between people and if we're all going to live happily together we've got to somehow work out how we're going to navigate all of that and we have to teach our kids yeah um yeah uh, so it's not straightforward and it's not simple no. um and you can find yourself on all sides of of the the scenarios and you know there's not a simple script for for families either for parents yeah. either 
I would just say for everybody, try and see the other perspective a bit more. Always, 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 always. Peace and love. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some good organisations to to look at if you are interested in more resources about bullying are Ditch the Label is a really good one. I think they have really good practical advice. There's the Anti-Bullying Alliance and Act Against Bullying. Those are all UK-based ones, but I'm sure there are other ones in your own country if you are listening from outside the UK. Um, And it's really worthwhile... Um, seeking out advice um, and also if a kid doesn't want to talk to you talking to some there's often anti-bullying helplines and yeah. things like Childline yeah. that kind of thing yeah um, all right I think we've basically finished it. any last thoughts on bullying well no you know there's no nobody's whiter than white no absolutely not. Um, yeah we can all be mean yeah and be ashamed of ourselves exactly. yeah <laughs> all right let's move on to the listener question section of the podcast uh, we've got a a fun i think it's a fun one it's probably not fun for the kid in question but i find it fun should i read it to you yeah sure okay my kid has recently developed a fear of space i know that sounds weird but she's been learning about the solar system and now seems preoccupied with the vastness of it and scared in a more general way ever since what can i say to her to reassure her well this is a really interesting one and this is not the first time that i've come across this so this uh listener doesn't say how old her daughter is but Children who've talked in this way that I've come across before have been around the sort of nine, ten mark. Mm. Um, and maybe that's the point at which these things get covered in school or maybe it's, uh, and this is my particular theory, that it's something about a child's growing understanding of their insignificance and powerlessness. Yeah. You know, I think when you're when you're a very small child, you are in fact the center of the universe. Yeah. And And you believe everybody else is just an attachment of your consciousness. (laughs) Exactly. And you only have to you only have to wish for something and the magic magical mummy machine just delivers it for you. And if it doesn't come then you just scream until it arrives. Exactly. And I think as children grow up, they do begin to get themselves into the wider perspective of the world, of the world of adults, the world of other children, some of whom are bigger than them and more powerful. And, you know, that's really exciting, but it's also a bit scary. And I think for some children, and particularly very bright children, when they start to think about the reality of how big England is, or whichever country they live in, how big that is in relation to the rest of say Europe and then put that into the context of the entire planet and then start to think about the vastness of space in which we are not even a tiny speck because we're so small and insignificant I think the comparison between that and their own feeling of lost omnipotence is actually pretty unsettling and pretty pretty scary. Do you know what it reminds me of? That, that bit in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the yeah. Galaxy. <laughs> Save for Beetlebox. Yeah. yeah. The, the, what happens is, is they develop an ultimate torture machine and the ultimate the torture machine, you go in and you get shown how big the universe is and yeah. how insignificant you are within it and everybody goes crazy, apart from Zayford Beeblebrox, who, because he's president of the entire universe, just sees it as confirmation of his... His own importance. His own ego. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Which, of course, is not... What's funny is that that's just not how the rest of us are. No, exactly. And, yeah, so in terms of what to say to your child, I think give them time you know get them to talk talk to you about all of this and how interesting and fascinating it is um and 
you know, reassure them that whilst we sort of all know this in the back of our minds, we don't have to think about it all the time. Yeah, I think it's it's that it's saying, you know, we think about this and then and then after a while we think about something else. And yeah. that's a good thing. And that's important. Yeah, we think about what we're going to have for tea tonight. And it, that is of minuscule, zero importance to the vastness of the universe. But hey, I'm hungry. It How really about you? reminds me of there's a there's a TV series called um, The Good Place, which is all about what happens after you die. And okay. It's a comedy. And there's a bit where this a character who is not human, who is a demon, all of a sudden um, discovers what death is and that humans will die. Um, and he... And he buys a sports car and like does all this weird stuff <laughs> to try and to try and sort of distract himself. Exactly, exactly. And uh, one of the characters eventually explains it to him is that all humans are always a little bit sad because we all know that we're going to die, and that's just part of. But we don't think about it; we think about other things. I don't recommend talking about death within this context, but you can say, you know, we all know that we're an insignificant part of the universe, but actually we've got other things to think about. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think the fact that, you know, you've been reminded of two incredibly creative but also very funny um, ways that people have, you know, tried to make sense of all of this tells you what's going on here, which is that this is a... This is a philosophical, it's a fundamental philosophical question that we have as human beings. And this is great. And yes, it's painful. Yes, it's a, it's a little bit unsettling at the moment. But this is about being able to think in a very abstract way about the meaning of life. Yeah, which is actually very sophisticated. So well done you. Well done your kid. (laughs) And just, I would use it as a springboard for some wider conversations and just let you know, let the the troubling side of this just settle because it will. This is someone, this is a child who is questioning and thinking and they will get there. They they will use their questioning and their thinking eventually to make their own peace with all of this as, as, as we all do. And maybe in the meantime, get them listening to The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or reading Which is highly Galaxy, recommended. Or the BBC adaptation of it is yes. just the best thing on the planet. The BBC radio adaptation. You won't regret it. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, I think we're basically coming around to the end of the episode. As always, everyone, if you have a listener question for us, uh, drop us uh, an email at infoquestkids.com or you can drop it into uh, one of our social media channels. That's Let's Talk About Parenting on uh, Facebook or on Instagram. We will try and answer your questions. We can do it anonymously or with your name. It's completely up to you. If you've got a question for either me or Dr. Ruth, uh, we're really happy to answer. Um, as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, pass on to your friends and uh, leave us a review would be really, really great. We're trying to gather as many reviews as we possibly can so that other people will come and listen and then send us more delicious listener questions. Um, yeah. All right, that's it for now. Thanks, guys. Bye, everybody. The Let's Talk About Parenting podcast is sponsored by Questa Kids, an online educational game for kids aged 7 to 12. Questa Kids follows Questa and Zeke on a journey around the world, traveling through time, and teaches children about geography, history, maths, culture, and plenty more. Questa Kids makes learning fun. So sign up today at questakids.com for a free 30-day trial. You can also get 15% off with the code LET'S TALK ABOUT.